with and we're back. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. We are back. The finished football show is back. And yes, thanks, Huck. I did remember to press record. So thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of the Finnish Football Show. It's me, Mark Wiltshire from Explore Finland. There's Mark at the bottom there from FC Suomi. Hello. But no, no Rich. We don't have Rich this week. Um, we have Keke Muluri from the uh, Stand fanzine and also his own WordPress blog, which we'll drop some drop some uh, plugs in later. And then at the bottom, Henry Hakamaki, uh, also there as Hup1995. So those that are watching, there aren't many of you because we have had a few technical problems tonight, but you can see how you can contact all of us on Twitter afterwards. We asked these guys to step in. Rich, in the last month or so, his life has gone upwards and he's had a baby, joined his family. My life has, family life has kind of gone in the other direction. So we took a month off to let everything start to settle down. But now we're back. And I'm, I'm happy to be back here doing this show. And I'm pleased these guys could uh, <laughs> bail us out a little bit. So this is episode six, where we are going to talk about the, the recent upturns for Hukayat. And as Huck said in a, said in a in a tweet or on the Facebook group, where did that performance come from? So we'll, we'll discuss we'll discuss that, um, and we want your 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 input. There aren't as many live uh, viewers as we normally have, which is a, which is a shame. Um, but if you do manage to to join us, the, the message bar on the the right hand side of the screen is the place to uh, to leave any comments or or questions. And if you type slash Q before your question, then it will it will pop it up on the um, on the other side of the screen, and we'll have all the questions in one in one place. We probably won't be um, off the record this week because we've got about forty five minutes until the next Euro two thousand and sixteen game starts. So we're we're squeezing the, squeezing this one in, um, but the podcast they will be will be coming in, um, in a few days when we when we get it edited. Rich isn't here. I, I, I thought of a nice way where we could keep him here in spirit and and the reminders that i've said to rich at the beginning of every show apply to you new guys as well which is no no f-bombs and no noisy biscuits but just so that we keep rich in our mind i think that the packet of digestives can just sit there nice. in That's the corner nice. in the corner of my screen so rich when, nice you, when you when you watch this or when you listen to this we love you we miss you we want you back the thing is, I mean, that's it's a secret signal between the two of us. So if I have a rant that goes on past like a minute and a half, he starts to, you know, rap, crackle the crackle the biscuit packets <laughs> to rein me back in in case I get too animated. So the rant the, last time was quite special. It was quite the rant for sure. <laughs> I, I, I still, I loved Tim Varanen, by the way. Just not about him, just about the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're not going to go into that subject again. Um, let, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the um, the recent form of Hukayat. We'll also look at the first third of the Bakehouse Liga season. And first, as we often do, let's let's talk about some news. And Mark, what news have you come up with today that we didn't previously plan to talk about? It's not it's not news, <laughs> so to speak. But the one the thing that struck me today is, and it, it's like twenty again, twenty minutes old. So you know. For those, this is especially for those three weeks later in the podcast. Breaking um, news, breaking news. But Hungary, Hungary just beat Austria two 0 in their opening game for for Euro two thousand sixteen, and they finished third, hit the playoffs, got themselves a nice group, got themselves a. They were the second best team for about sixty minutes. Uh, defended well, deep, 
played very strong, played quite smart football, even though it was, wasn't particularly pretty because there was a couple of horrendous challenges that they threw in. Got a goal with uh, some one, the, the only move of the game that they had that was with any real quality. And then about 10 minutes later, Austria had one of their blokes sent off and uh, one of the a goal disallowed straight afterwards. And after that, um, Aust- uh, Hungary just played smart, played counter-attack and football, down the flanks, stretched the play. And you just think, that's the, like, I've, I've been following Finnish football so long. That's the dream. Like that's the that's the best that they've they've literally taken exactly everything that I want for, for, for Finnish football and they've made it happen right in my face <laughs> right right after this like after the group that we had that, that we should have got out of so it's uh, first of all to any hungry fans it's been God knows how long twenty years or so since they've had a actually no thirty or forty years since they've had a decent squad so any hungry fan congratulations and and I hope you enjoy it but for any Finnish football fans. That's how easy it is. <laughs> that's, if you get it right, that's how easy it is. So it's not really news, but I did want to just say, just have a shout out to Hungary and all the guys because it's sometimes, sometimes you get so sort of stuck thinking football's just, it's easy. And it, it seems like Hungary have figured that out. <laughs> Keke, you, you came up with something interesting yesterday when we talked about these news things which was which was this story about Kosovo and it does have yes it does also have a a Finnish football uh, aspect to it it does have implications for the Finnish national team because um yeah as we know um Gibraltar and Kosovo have been now recognized as FIFA members they've been admitted to FIFA and um, and so they they're now allowed to compete in the um, 2018, if anybody still wants to go to Russia, uh, in the 2018 World Cup qualifiers. So, um, <laughs> so the uh, the Kosovo have found themselves parachuted into um, Group I, along with ourselves, Finland, Iceland, Croatia, Ukraine, and Turkey. Um, a UEFA task force was set up to find exactly which group Kosovo would go into because basically they they wanted them to avoid Bosnia Herzegovina for um, you know obvious reasons Politics. and uh, indeed so um, so yeah they've 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 ended up in our group. Um, I was a little bit little bit miffed by the news at first because uh, obviously myself and quite a few others have already booked travel to to away away games that are already sort of had their dates set, but we've been, um, we've been assured that these Kosovo games won't have any impact on the, uh, on the, on the fixtures already, already planned. But yeah, the, um, the interesting aspect is that um, FIFA, FIFA have stated that anyone of Kosovan birth or Kosovan descent or who's moved away from Kosovo, I guess you could say is, um, and has already played for, uh, an A-grade game for a um, for a national national side of of any adopted country can now choose to revert back and play for Kosovo. So, um, okay. yeah, there's, I hate there's various indeed. Those are the ones that spring to mind first of all. Obviously, um, our old friend Shevki is a bit a bit old now, but if he fancied <laughs> turn out for Kosovo, he's more than welcome. 
So um, yeah, that, that's 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 the the news story from from myself. And there's there's, there's quite a lot of those kind of Kosovan diaspora players. I I, I I can't pull one into my head straight away, but there there are some Kosovan descendants playing across many different European countries. Yep. So that so that they're quite all over the place. I mean, um, you've got. Um, You've got a guy who, who used to be at West Ham and um, now at Watford, Valon Barami. He plays yeah. for Switzerland. Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah, he's another one. If he uh, if he chooses, he could um, he could disappear and play for Kosovo. So yeah, they're 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 literally littered all over Europe. You know, so um, you never know. They could have quite a decent team if they all decide to go uh, go back. But no, it's a, so- it's a personal decision, I guess. Well, well, Zerdan Shakiri for Switzerland also would be eligible to yep. play for Kosovo. You've got players like that all over Europe. Uh, Switzerland mm-hmm. seems to have quite a few of them, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either Albanians or Kosovans. Right. It just oh, well, just one note as well on Kosovo. They, they Two weeks ago, they rocked up against the Faroe Islands and won 2-0. So that's the kind of like they beat the fair like so the Faroeans who we did in fairness struggle against at home in the Olympia Stadium last year they went and beat them too. Made hard work of it away as well to be fair. Yeah, yeah, and we did. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It was that was the three one the opening game wasn't it when it was yes. Alexander's own goal. God, damn. horrible day. <laughs> <laughs> and yet the best win. No, but yeah. So they're not like um, these. These Kosovo have been playing. Uh, like unrecognized friendlies for a, for a long time, for four or five years, and the boys that they've got there, even un, un uh, like without the additions of the likes of potentials potentials like Shakiri, they're still a pretty. I mean, they're a minnow, but they're a minnow you got to watch out for. Yeah. What was your comment, Mark, about the the Germany fixture? Yeah, so that was that came. The Balolito announced that like. Uh, at the same time, or, or just after the the Kosovo like rearrangement, that August thirty first, we're going to go Hukert go to Munchen Gladbach to play Germany uh, for a friendly, and um, that means that'll mean that we've played by then probably the best team in the world, but like the sort of second and fourth, and I think Italy were the 12th best team in the world. So so we've hit some real heavy hit, more heavy hitters in the last like year than we've hit since we were in the group of France and Spain. Hmm. So some really big, big friendlies. And uh, I mean, the, the messaging that they say always is that, you know, you're going to learn from the best. And I, I, I hope they take it as that. But I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the best. Pra- like training, the, hot, the practice match for, for Kosovo is Germany. So... I don't know. I don't know if we'll rock up at Kosovo with like eight defenders on on the line. Yeah, but you know, you, you mentioned that Mark, and um, I don't know if it's too early to get on our discussions about the the, the recent friendlies. But um, but you know, these Italy have shown themselves yesterday that they're no mugs, despite all the pundits saying, "Oh, it's the worst team for years. They're not going to go anywhere." Blah blah blah. Belgium. Uh, on the other hand, ranked, I don't know, is it number one Second. in the world? And, um, and you know, and, and Finland obviously got that cracking draw against Belgium. Mm. Um, should have won as Lukaku was offside. But, was um, offside. but there you Why go. He's a um, offside. It wasn't just a bit, uh, but yeah. 
Sorry. Well, no, uh, you know, that's, so, that's probably a good, a good, good time to time to segue over. So, so hang on, hang on, hang on. Hook, Hook hasn't had his his. Oh, oh Henry, Henry, yeah, I was going to, I was going to bring up one or... thing. Uh, I, I was having a conversation with Barbarian on Twitter about all of the the friendlies that we've had recently. Legend. We we being uh, Hookayat, but since 2012, the Hookayat have played. Three home friendlies, ten neutral friendlies, and fifteen away friendlies. Now, obviously, against a team like Germany, we're going to be playing those games away. But we've also played away friendlies against Norway, Slovakia, Hungary, Wales, Luxembourg, Israel, Cyprus. Uh, it's a list that Barbarian got together for me when I was asking him about it. But are are we to not expect to ever have home friendlies again? It's it, it's that's a brilliant point. I mean, even the so the even the Kosovo game when it's arranged, that's in Turku. So they are like they announced that uh, Tampere would be the new home, while the Olympic Stadium is under development here, mm-hmm. and our first kind of official home friendly away from the Olympic Stadium in a competitive it's in match. Is, it's in Turku, not in Tampere, even though that's where they picked. And it's like, but it's it's a it's a fabulous point because I'm bloody sick of of not having like. Uh, friendlies that that you can commute to, you know what I mean? There's also yeah, quite, no, I, quite a nice new stadium been built just down the road from me, but I'm sure we'll get onto that either today or in, yeah, another, yeah. Uh, in another show. Five thousand eight hundred capacity. It looks lovely. It's, it's 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 a friend of mine said to me the other day, "You're so excited about this new stadium. It's almost like a church for you." And I thought, "My, that's my religion. That's go. where I go. That's Indeed. where I go to pray." It is. The, the stadium looks brilliant. It, it really, it really does, and I, I'm just, I am excited. The, the first game is on Saturday. It sold out yesterday. The final, the final few tickets sold out yesterday, and I'm looking forward to going and making some noise. And it's a proper stadium where, where you walk up the steps and then you see the green, and then you walk down to your seats. Or actually, at the end, we have some of these uh, very trendy standing seated areas where the seat where the seats can fold away Perfect. and stand up. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It was I, I guess a little poignant last Thursday for the, the final game at Keskuskenta, but you know, it's not somewhere where I'm gonna miss a miss. Let's go on to those international games. But Belgium versus Finland and then Italy versus Finland. And I, I think I I didn't I didn't see didn't see much of either of these games. So I'm I'm throwing it over to you guys because Especially you, Keke, went went to the Italy game, so I'm sure you've got lots to tell us about that. Um, but first of all, was the Belgium was the Belgium game and a and a, a one all draw, which we just we just touched on a little bit there. But Mark, what went right? <laughs> we normally um, ask what went, went wrong, so let's be positive. What went right? How did it go? So it, it, I mean, so we we generally managed to to exploit Belgium and the hype that they have it, i'm not it's it's one of those things that i need to watch a couple of games to whether it, to see whether it's kind of luck or or design because at the minute since since we got thumped by poland we've played this sort of 532 um, and it seems like he's going to stick with that for the way forward. And it could just be that that was the right system against a Belgium side that weren't at a hundred, like a hundred percent. But there was tons and tons of positives to take out, out, out from the game. So, so Jukaraitala was the first one down that left left flank. It's been maybe four or five years since he's played left back regularly for Finland because he's he's been a bit of a journeyman. He's, he's moved to here in Vienna, didn't work out. He's moved to to Denmark. 
where he was at West Zealand and then AAB didn't really he didn't really get any traction there he didn't really get any prolonged game time or any successful prolonged game time so he, he he's, he's been struggling for the last four or five years but then against um against Belgium he was up and down the wing all night he was um defensively very well positioned he wasn't always kind of strong in the tackle and he wasn't always uh he wasn't always threatening to the to the wingers but he was very great, very good on the on the breakaway. He was quick, and uh, he was crucial for for Finland's opening goal. Uh, when Tim Spav sort of, I, 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 I don't, we drew out the defence, drew out the centre backs towards him, and then put slipped in slipped in Reitler with a lovely ball, who smashed it across the box for Kapit hit. So Jukka Reitler was our number one, like uh, good point. Casper uh, Hamelainen finally scoring a goal. <laughs> from because uh, we don't we're not we're not a team we're not a team that creates a lot of chances so getting getting on the getting on the score sheet is a, is a hell of a positive particularly against that kind of defense um and and the back three in particular for me as well uh Halstey, i was really worried about Halstey because he hadn't played any competitive football yeah. for about seven months and he seemed to look relatively okay they played very deep and they played tight together and there was three big strong guys for some reason belgium continuously kind of punted the ball into the box and they sent high balls and high crosses in, which was perfect for Arayuri, uh, Toivio and, and Halsti. When they had it on the floor and they, would, they were pinging it around a bit, they caused us a lot of problems. And so it was a bit of a surprise. That they, I don't know if they were specifically working on something or if, if they were just tactically naive. I mean, Belgium is one of those teams that everybody always... They, they, they're second in the FIFA rankings in a, in a way, by default, based on the kind of uh, inconsistency of other teams. So, so, so somebody like G- Germany would wipe the floor with Belgium, but they lost yeah. a couple of times to, to Poland and they had some dodgy results, I think, against was it the Republic of Ireland in qualification and that mm-hmm. cost them in the points. Belgium walked their qualification group. But we managed to exploit in behind the flags that aren't really fullbacks for Belgium. We got into spaces that really hurt them and... Um, for the only game that I've seen, maybe in the last four, three or four years, Roman Yeremenko stuck to his position. And I mean, it might not be the best position for him, but he didn't come deep and like look for the ball. He he generally stayed up in support of uh, of Hammerlinen, which gave the Belgian defense something else to think about when he was up top. He, his movement was very, he didn't get a lot of the ball, um, but his movement was very good and it really helped create space for, for other players. So it was, I mean, there was a lot of positives to take away from it. Um, and, and as, as Keke said, the, the Belgian goal, it was, but in part of me, I was tearing my hair again because it was the 89th minute. And again, in the 89th minute, we had managed to get sort of suckered like one more time. But he's right. I mean, Lukaku was offside. And he was offside by a good like leg and shoulder and shin and like half his body. So, and I mean, as well, so the, the so shot cross came in and it deflected off Toivio's toe, I think. And, and Hrodecki uh, did everything right to get his hand at the ball and it could have gone from that save, that fantastic save, it could have landed anywhere, and it landed square on, on Lukaku's chest, who had a yard advantage because he was offside. So it, it was like, in, that, in the goal that we conceded, there was four or five things that were wrong 
that we could do nothing about <laughs> that we're down to like the referee or blind luck or bad fate. And I mean, we do seem to constantly fall foul of those things, but, <laughs> but, but um, you can't like when you walked off the pitch, when they walked off the pitch as a fan, you could be nothing but happy and proud because they, they were committed. They were, they were strong. They were clever, kept the ball very well, dealt with the high pressure a lot. I mean, that's the sort of pragmatic football that you're probably going to need to get out of the group that we're in for for the World Cup qualifiers. Adding a little bit of Hungary in there as well, just for, for good measure. A little bit of Hungary wouldn't do it. I mean, it's <laughs> just, I mean, the thing, so, I mean, the, the downside is, I mean, Paul was it Porhian Paolo who got injured? No, he got injured before the Italy game. That was, that was later. Um, but, in attack, we have to take. We I think we made about two or three chances against Belgium, and we only took one of them. And the the sort of it's not a downside, but the reality of playing five three two the way that we do with Roman Yarmenko as one of the strikers means that whenever you get a chance, you've got to score, you've got to put it away. And uh, there was a couple of headers from corners that we could have done better with, and there was a couple of chance half chances where you thought. You know, a better shot, a better execution, and we'd be we'd be that kind of hungry team that can nick a win against somebody like Belgium. Maybe if um, we could get Lucas to put a pair of tracksuit bottoms on as well, like Gabor Karali, if we really wanted to go for the, <laughs> the, the hungry theme. But, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I I, w- I was following the uh, the Belgium game on on Twitter, so it was a it was a bit difficult to follow. You know, just reading what was happening and. Um, yeah, I'll just echo Mark's thoughts about that 89th minute equalising. He's just like, oh, so close. It would have been, you know, I mean, I'm sure the guys took confidence from it. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely positive of that. But you know, to imagine coming away from there with a win, they would have just been absolutely flying on their way to um, to the next game in Italy. You know, so um, you know, I mean, it's small things like that that might have a small, like a like a little difference. And you noticed, I noticed when we get to the Italy game that Roman Yeremenko again started to drop back looking for the ball when he got frustrated. And you think if yeah. we walked away from that with a one nil win, Roman Yeremenko might have been a bit more, I don't know, you know, a bit more hungry to stay in his position to keep his discipline because that's really what it's all about. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know Roman Yeremenko and I can't cast dispersions or, like on him or, or his character, but he's the best player in the squad. And he'll probably have walked away from that 1-1 thinking we didn't win and we didn't win because I didn't get enough of the ball. You know what I mean? And there's, I mean, so that's just go what, looking for it. That's that's just what dressing rooms are like. That's just what those kind of, those, the, yeah. the best play, the best player in the team always knows best. You know what I mean? In the, and there's, there's, there's not much any manager could do about that, unfortunately. No. So if if we'd have I kept, mean, you're, you're you're right about the um, you're right about the 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 back the back. What do you want to call them? Three, four, five. I don't know, but um, yeah, depending on which way you look at the formation. But again, in Italy, I mean, the guy who stood out for me at the back was um, Arayuri, Paulus Arayuri. I mean, he he was. He was mopping up everything, you know. Mm. It was coming in the air and he was, you know, he, he wasn't just getting rid of it. He was bringing it down, controlling it, trying to bring it out, you know. But he was, like, in the, in the centre of defence, he was absolutely immense. He was, he was just, he was everywhere, you know. 
And he's, um, an, he's an absolute beast. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 just one of the guys. He's just huge, and he dominates. I mean, not just physically, just presence-wise. You know what I mean? Like, when he barks and shouts, Toivio and and Halstey, so that's two two players that have got, you know, three, four hundred professional games on him. Still, are still listening to him and taking direction and, and do it like following mm-hmm. following the the orders to keep everything tight and disciplined and, and his, his presence is fantastic. I, I mean, I've I've got a good feeling that Arayuri will move on from Botsman this year, somewhere to some. I mean, there's talk of him going to to Warsaw with Hammerlinen, yeah. which would be. I mean, he'd have to buy a couple of new cars <laughs> after the petrol bombs go off. But, yeah. but, but I mean, but but I think he's one of those. He's one of the. He's one of those players where you could put him in. You could put, you know, I put him in the same bracket as Sparv, where you could put him in a lower league, lower end Premier League team. You could put him in a Bundesliga team. You could put him in a Italian defense again, sort of like in the in the lower end, and yeah. he, he generally survived because he's got enough of the all round game. Right, he's a big, strong defender, but he's still good with the ball at his feet. For for a guy his size, he's really strong with the ball at his feet. He's not afraid to take it up and play it on to that's other it. people. He he, 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 he can he's play it from the back, with the ball. Know? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You know, he's not your typical um, tree where he just gets the ball and clears it. He he actually can do something with it and help build the attack from the back. That's it, you know. And if um, if we can if we can not panic when the when the ball comes in and not just you know obviously when you when you're a, a, a small team like us safety first that comes into it. But if 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 he's prepared to control the ball and bring it down and and try and create something from the back, you know that's it's. You, you, if he wants to play that way, I think we should utilise that. You know, the um, the other positive that we have to take from those games is is Lucas as well in in goal. You know, he's he just seems to be growing and growing and growing and getting better and better. These um, the performances he's put in in the Bundesliga has built his confidence. And um, you know, the, you know what they say, just because a goalkeeper lets one in or or or, you know, Italy have ended up doing us 2-0 and one from the penalty spot. But that guy still had an absolutely immense game, you know, despite, despite you know, not being able to keep a clean sheet. But he's, he's come away from there. He can hold his head up high. He's had, he's had a fantastic couple of games. Well, even he's, in the Bundesliga, where he, he had some games where he would make a couple of just... He's a great goalkeeper, but he's just prone to some really... How do you make that kind of errors? But even in those games where he would make a big error or two, he would still play with confidence for the rest of the game. So I, he's one of those players. He has a really short memory. And yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, some, some of those errors he made, I don't know how he made them. He's, but he's still I mean, came back from it and played at a world-class level after that. But, the th- I mean, the thing is, he's still 26. And, the, and I mean, the... Moving up it's to young the Bundes- for a keeper. Young, it's young for a keeper. And moving up to the Bundesliga is like... I mean, that's he's he's in another level. You know what I mean? He's 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 gonna find he's he's gonna make mistakes because because he's gonna get he's gonna he's under pressure far from far quicker players, far more athletic players, far more agile players, players with far more experience. So he's gonna get caught out a couple of times, but he's gonna play for another ten years. You know what I mean? I mean, I, 
he looks like he's going to play for another t- for for another ten years. Yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> so he, the mistakes he's made. That, I mean, while he made mistakes at, at, at Frankfurt, he's ke- he kept them in the league. Like, oh yeah, no, yeah, sure. absolutely no shadow shadow of a doubt about it. He kept them. He kept them in that league, particularly in the in the last playoff games. So he's all in all, he's 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 a brilliant keeper who's going places. We've moved away a little bit from talking about these two games particularly, and I'm really keen to hear about Keke's trip to Italy. Yeah, to follow Hukka, yeah. Hukka, So, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, Is that all you can yeah, remember? We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, we, uh, we, arrived in, we arrived in Verona on Saturday. Um, most, of the other, most of the other Finnish supporters arrived on, on Saturday as well. Um, everyone was keen to make a make a weekend of it. What would the game be in on Monday? You know, so it was. Um, yeah, it made sense to get there on uh, on Saturday and see what Verona had to offer. Um, a lot of uh, some of the guys had um, had travelled across from Belgium, uh, down from Belgium on uh, on the train, and um, and a few others had, had flown into either Milan or Verona. So um, we all managed to sort of meet up on Saturday night. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but it was um, it was handy that the game was in Verona because um, even before Purpa turned up at Kievo, there was a little bit of a um, Kievo Finland friendship supporter thing going on. So um, yeah, Saturday uh, Saturday evening we um, we found ourselves out in Kievo, the suburb of Verona, with um, some colourful Kievo supporters <laughs> and um, who was, uh, yeah, was in, intent on showing us a good time. So we uh, had a good few drinks out there. Uh, um, yeah, it was like a um, Kievo fans owned supporter club type bar thing. So um, yeah, a few drinks with them and uh it was good fun. I mean, um, poor old Kievo there, uh, despite being the, the, the senior football team in Verona at the moment, their, um, their, their share of supporters in the city is sort of like 5% to 95% Hellas. So um, mm-hmm. they've got, a, uh, they've got a, a love for an underdog. Maybe that's why we sort of suit each other. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But so with that was Saturday. Um, Sunday, a few of the guys went over to the um, went over to the Hawkey up training camp, and um, some of the younger supporters were uh, met the players and a um, few photos. Especially with Purpa, he was um, he was really really keen to sort of meet everybody and and pose for photos and autographs. And um, so yeah, that was that was quite nice, you know. Especially for um, there was a couple of kids around, so. Um, that was that was pretty good of the of the guys to sort of stop by and, and make time for for the fans who had made that trip. Um, yeah, day of day of the game, we um, we headed up to the stadium. It's a it's for me it's um it's a beautiful old stadium. Um, it's not had much done to it for a long long time. It's uh, it's still covered in the um, Italian nineties sort of uh, you know. There's the, the the mascot little chow. The mascot is all over the place. Really? Everywhere you look, it says yeah. Everywhere you look, it <laughs> says Italian ninety. 
which is um, <laughs> which is sort of the last time that um, I mean it's owned by the city of Verona, so it's it's the last time that anyone spent any money on that ground is um, to prepare oh. it for the the World Cup in 1990. But um, but it's a classic old Italian football stadium. You 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 climb up. It's a it's a big old bowl. Um, big blue running pitch round um, running track round the pitch, um, but yeah, we made our way up to the uh, the curve and Nord to the away section. There was about forty or fifty of us, I suppose. Um, not too much, not too much policing. Um, quite a few stewards in our end, but they were all very, very jovial and friendly. Um, more than willing to let us display our flags and stuff, and um, we had a bit of a had a bit of a friendly rapport with the Italian fans. Um, they thought we were quite quite a novelty, you know, the 40 or 50 of us travelling from the frozen north or wherever it was we had come from to um, to support our team. So, yeah, we uh, we were a bit of a novelty for, for them. But they, fair play to the to the Veronese, they, um, they managed to pack out all of the stadium. It was absolutely sold out. It was... Um, and you know they they created a, a pretty decent atmosphere. We um, we managed to throw in a song or two as well and make sure that even though we were less in numbers, they uh, they heard that we were there. And um, even after the penalty went in, we still we still continued singing. And um, in no small part to the fact that the uh, the bar was located literally just feet away from our away section. So. Um, <laughs> and there was no problem with take. There was no problem with taking your beer into the into the ground. I mean, it's been a. It's um, I've 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 drunk in the stadium in Sweden before, but yeah, you know, usually going to football in England, it's um, it's it's a little bit different. So uh, yeah, standing standing in the ground watching the game like that, it was. Uh, <laughs> everyone, everyone had everyone had smiles on their faces, but um, the experience that, the experience mean- was generally. Sorry, Keke, I was going to say, does that mean that you can't remember the game? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, as I, as I, you know, I, it sounds like I remember, you remembered the best bit. <laughs> yeah, I remember, um, as I said, I remember Ayayuri playing really well. And um, I also remember, I remember Puki running around like a... Um, I was going to say headless chicken, but that's probably not fair. It was more like a, um, more like a Labrador, you know, an excited Labrador, really. But um, he, <laughs> and I, I so I so badly want it to work for Pukki, you know. What I mean, I really do. But he's, um, yeah. and he was, he was, he, he really did put a shift in. He, he he tried, but you know, we came away. I think it was with um, one shot off target in the ninety minutes. But um, for me. I don't know. It didn't quite. Maybe I was seeing it through the through the the beer goggles, but it didn't quite tell the story. I thought, you know, we had a couple of corners. I thought we um, the stats should have been a bit heavier for us. But um, but yeah, I was I was I was I was told that it was uh, one shot off target that we managed. So um, a little bit disappointing in that respect. But I thought the guys could come away from it. Come away from it. You know, it's it's. It's two 0 but Italy, Italy are not a, are not a mug team. They 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 never will be, you know. So um, mm. yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. We um, we came out of the ground, 
continued continued our boozing in a uh, in one of the local bars quite close to the stadium, and um, we were in there for a little while after the after the game, and uh, and then the atmosphere changed a little bit, and um, it we we realised it was maybe time to head back to the uh, city centre. <laughs> So uh, that's what we did, and um, I, I think had a few is, more beers there. That is a beautiful match report. For it is fitting of the shambles that is the Finnish football show that our correspondent can't even really remember the game. Well, well done. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah well, right there. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, like my my my, I, I love watching skillful players, but mm. my whole interest in the beautiful game of football is to take in atmosphere and and. And just feel feel part of that's why I love going away, you know, just to feel part of something in a strange place, mm. drink some beer and uh and yeah, maybe have a story to tell. But yeah, the game was fantastic, Mark. <laughs> well done. Well done, well done <laughs> We we need to we need to move on to the next subject of the Vakehouse Liga, but <laughs> I, I'm aware that we've we've ignored our one viewer, Harold, who's the only yeah. person who managed to join us and he's asked a couple of questions. So maybe we can um just just answer answer his questions and then move on to the Vakehouse Liga. So first he says, What what type of playing style does Finland typically employ against teams of its own skill level level rather than we were talking about better teams. The same under Bakke. Yeah. I mean like so the only I mean under Bakke, the only team the only team of our own skill level that we've played really is Norway. And we played the same kind of that's where the five three two came into yeah. existence. And it was terrible. And Norway looks like he's sticking with it. Hmm for better as finland you know, slides as finland slides down the rankings more and more teams are going to be be of a higher level than us and that 352 will become more and more and more, more relevant <laughs> right <laughs> well i mean but we we haven't played as poorly recently as we did at when backa first came in i mean mm. so when he first came in the sweden game was bad the poland yeah. game was dreadful yeah. The Norway game was just equally as dreadful. Mm. Then out of nowhere, we play Belgium and play really, really well. And, you know, then we play Italy and the attack wasn't working. But, I mean, overall, we didn't play that poorly in the game. I mean, against a yeah, team as great. strong defensively as Italy. And, and, I mean, they just beat Belgium 2-0 two, two as well. So, uh, not much more you could have expected from that game. But... Yeah, I mean, we haven't been playing poorly recently. It was just the beginning. It was just, just terrible. Oh, I mean, so there's a. Okay, Italy are great. They're 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 a very good team. They're going to be a classy team, kind of from now until the end of football. And that's that's fine. And and Puki did work hard. He made a lot of runs, but but I mean, the 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 hard fact is we didn't create any real chance. Like mm-hmm. even the shot that we had off target. That was probably one of the distance, one of one of Roman Yarmenko's distance shots. So I, we didn't at no point in that game did I think, oh, we're going to score. You know what I mean? You know when you you know when you get off your seat and, you, and then it, it fades away or somebody blocks it or, or you, the, the guy has a bad shot. We were nowhere near that. So uh, we were good against Italy in a sense, but in another in a. 
I mean, even but even so, so they, one of they took, they took the lead and threw a penalty in the thirtieth minute. And game, Italy's Italy's like a game is is game management. They're 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 the the best, probably the best team in the world at managing out a result. And they went up, they went one all up after about thirty minutes. And after that, we didn't get any, we didn't land any punches. We didn't hurt anybody. You know what I mean? We didn't get down the wing we didn't get in behind them we didn't shoot from distance we didn't draw anybody out of position and we didn't move them around in a way that 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 allowed us to get space to make to take an advantage to make a shot so while we worked hard and were disciplined and defensively we looked solid italy had they had more chances but they weren't in full gear mm-hmm. uh, like uh, and, and the italy that smashed Bel- belgium 2-0 would have pulled that Finland team apart in seconds, and and it, it's harsh to say because it was there was a, there were so many good points, and we are playing better. The thing is, we are playing better than when we played Norway and Poland, but we played so bad in those games. Yeah. <laughs> playing better doesn't get us anywhere near the level that we'll need to be at to get like Turkey, Iceland, Croatia. You know what I mean? They, so, so I, there's. Are we prepared to give back a chance, though? You know, are we prepared to? I mean, we've got to because they're not going to get they're not going to get rid of him, are they? So yeah. we just got to just got to hope and pray that he's he is settling into the job, yeah. and the guys are going to start playing maybe his way, or we, we're going to get better, you know. And that five three two, I mean, it could have worked. I mean, if Bohian Paulo hadn't pulled up before the game. It would have probably been a bit of a different game because he's younger and he's stronger than Buki, yeah. and, and he, he prefers to shoot far, in far more than, than, than Buki does. He prefers to be a box player, like a target player. So the, it, we would have played a different, like a kind of different style with the same thing. But the problem is, I mean, he only packed Buki for that game. Well, what do we have? We had Buki uh, and Bauranen as recognised strikers. Because Roman Yarmenko filled in as the second striker, even though he's yep. a midfielder. Robin Lud came on for the second half, even though again he's a midfielder. So we so we finished the game with with five midfielders on the pitch and five defenders on the pitch and no striker. And I mean that's Italy. And the, the one of the things that we that I want to give back a chance, hundred absolutely hundred percent. But he has to pack more strikers, even if there were strikers. Even I mean Tim Baron was on the bench, and like I had I had the big rant about Tim Baron. Okay. Put him on. If you've brought, if you've packed him with you, yeah. put him put him up front. Because what, the, like Robin Lud went back, got the ball, picked it up, brought it, brought it brought it to the final third, and there was nobody else there except Roma, who was kind of trying to make a nice, clever run. But there was nobody in the box, and if there's nobody in the box for a team like us, you we're not going to score. Exactly, exactly right. So. While we are playing better, and while we are building from the back, and while I do want to give Hans back a chance, there still needs to be some substantial improvement. And I, I, I'm going to jump in again now before Mark gets himself onto another rant because it was the, Nor- the Norway game. It was, it was the Norway game that, that sent him spiraling last time. So let's, let's pull him back from the from the edge. How about if we if we move on? We said at the start that we're we're coming up to. The kickoff of another Euro 2016 game, and that is now upon us, and we're only halfway through the show, which is pretty much par for the course. So let's let's crack on with <laughs> what, what have we learned from the first third of the Vakas Liga 
season. I don't know if um, Henry, if you get to see more of the more of the game than than me or Keke maybe do. But you came up with a few a few things to to talk about. So where do you want to start with Mariaham? Well, I'm just going to preface this by saying the whole Vecos Liga season so far has been showing me that you can never really predict the Vecos Liga. <laughs> After last year and the shock that was Esico coming out of nowhere and, well, kind of out of nowhere. They were in second the previous year, but nobody thought they were going to take down Hoyiko this uh, last year. But after last year, you kind of had an idea what the season was going to be like. It was going to be kind of a fist fight between Hoyiko and Esiko uh, to to fight for the title. And, you know, pretty much the consensus was that Kemi uh, and Ilves would be struggling for relegation, uh, trying to escape relegation, rather. And the whole season has just been the opposite. So Esiko at the beginning of the season played as as poorly as you could possibly imagine the team that they have on the field could have played. And even when they would get wins, they would still get losses. Uh, Mark, you know what I'm but talking about. I'm not about. so sure that's changed. There may be a slightly different ratio of, of, of wins to losses now, but there's still plenty of defeats coming along at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they lost uh, their last fixture 1-0. Uh, but the the problem's been the same all season. They're not scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah, true. Um, true. Their their defense has actually been relatively solid all season. There was one game against Lotte where they were just slashed on the counterattack over and over and over again. But and other than that, they've given up one goal a game. And mm. last year, the way that they were attacking, particularly in the second half of the season they would overturn one goal deficits in the blink of an eye. Mm. Uh, this season, they haven't been scoring at all. Um, you know, almost all of their games, it seems like they're the opposing goalkeepers keeping a clean sheet. Um, their team so far this season has 12 goals in 13 games. They're averaging under a goal a game. This is the team that won the league last year. Um, they still have Rupi Riski at, uh, at striker. They've got, uh, all of the strong midfielders that they had, uh, last season. Well, for the most part, but one of their strongest things that they had last year going for them is they had Riski and Pelvas playing off each other and Pelvas left, uh, for Falkenberg and they've got, Risky at at the top, but they don't have any wingers that can provide an additional outlet or attacking option for him. Um, no, I think I think it's it, 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 we've seen in the last few games that games that Kink has been playing more regularly and he's he's starting to do some of that work. And I know yeah, that, I know he's, that's he's something been that, doing much better recently. But yeah. in the beginning of the season, he couldn't even work his way into the team. Um, and it, it was it's, it's also I think it's it's worth mentioning Penningangas, very young tall player playing kind of left left back left wing back whatever yeah, whatever you want to say and it's really it's really starting to make some has been making some progress the last few games down the down the left and it, it struck me the other day that we're still without Richie Dorman I think he he came on for a part of the game on Monday and also Timo Tarbanainen they, they were they were important players yeah. last season season that just 
haven't haven't really featured this year. So and had to my and and head to my yeah as as well. I, I'm just thinking of of kind of width and a more attacking in a more yeah. attacking role. Um, but the thing, I mean, so the point. I mean, the point that that Hook makes is that Hatemai allows width because he's he can close so down huge. the whole center of the field. Yeah, yeah, and it's again, it's it's a little bit similar to Ariori. It's not just his size; it's it's his presence and his mm-hmm. kind of awareness of the game. He he blocked him alongside it was Larkson, and I think mm-hmm. last year we're in the middle. That 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 gave. A total unlimited freedom to the wide players to 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 try and support and get forward and to, and get, get under the attack. And I think I think Esiko this this year when I watched them play are trying to do some sort of clever upgrade football. You know what I mean? Like get away from big men in the middle and and fast wide players and and hitting a target man, a little guy playing off the target man who can finish. I think they're trying to build like this. Uh, like a four-three-three with short interplay and fullbacks that get up down, get up the the get up wide, and then you know, uh, and uh, I, I'm just uh, that's the way that I when I when I watch you go, I think they're trying to change tactics from the one from the winning system that they had last year, and it's a bit, I don't know, uh, I think they'll get there, and I think if if Haytemai comes back kind of regularly, they'll they'll be in a place to 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 play better football. But at the minute, they just don't have that sort of solidity. When when teams counterattack against SEC, they run through them. They make like 30, 40, 50, 60 yards, whether it's a long ball over the top or, or through the middle, just into play. You can cut through SEC at the minute, and you just couldn't do that last year. Yeah, well, and that the, was... The Aramenko, the Aramenko Oh, that's a whole other... <laughs> yeah, but, but it really it really held the whole thing back. And so if you think that he left know, four weeks ago, and mm. now the team is starting to... Gel. Yeah, yeah, maybe gel. Maybe gel in, again. Well, it's not that he was playing poorly either. He just didn't fit the style that they have. You know, you have to kind of sit him centrally. That way he can pull the strings from there. But he doesn't have the work rate to cover defensively that Loxman and Hetemai did. Uh, yeah, but so also, also I, I understand that he wasn't supposed to be playing as deep as he was. And that, and that also. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe if he'd been playing that number 10, I thought it would have been beautiful. Stick yeah. behind the forward. Let the other young boys do your running and just use your skill. But that's he what seemed I to want to play quarterback. Well. Yeah, but you know, even then, what even where he was, he was hitting decent balls. Uh, some of them were fantastic balls, but they were into the corners, and they just don't have depth on the wings, and then they don't have that style of play mm-hmm. to take the ball out wide and work it in from the outside. And so, even when he's hitting these beautiful passes, there's just nothing that could come from it. They don't have the right players for that style of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's quite right. That's quite right. Let's move on from the depressing subject to subject to actually. <laughs> right. hey, let's not. Let's, let's talk about my shirt. We normally get very excited about Rich's shirt every week. And it's beautiful. I, I got a new shirt. I'll, I'll bless you, Huck, with your <laughs> hand mug painted or whatever by my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is new. This is Ashiko's team shirt for this year, but it's a bit, it's a bit special because no sponsors, no sponsor, no sponsor. No, there is, no. The, the team shirt is plastered, but they yeah. have a yeah. version for the fans with no sponsors, and I think it looks kind of classy. It's much more, I like that. more nice. My style. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Stash. So I, I splashed. 
Uh, cheaper, <laughs> cheaper than the the one with all the logos on. So it was, uh, what was it, fifty euros? Which nice. is Not about bad. is about standard nowadays, I guess. So yeah, yeah. Nice. Is, yeah. You can't go wrong with an Adidas shirt. It's a handsome looking thing. It is, and it'll have to last me <laughs> a long time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. Where do you, where do you want to go next, Huck? Uh, the the two surprising teams. Go on. Uh, go on well, then. three surprising teams. So Feel if you this. look at the top of the table now, which when this comes into podcast form, it won't be the top of the table anymore. But right now you've got Hoiko and EFK Merriam level on points. And the only goal differential is separating them. And then immediately behind that, you've got Edelves and Kemi. And they both have three games in hand on both of the teams ahead of them. If they both win all three of those games, they'd be in first place. Uh, first and second place, respectively. But at the beginning of the season, none of these teams were supposed to be doing anything like this. Uh, Ilves and Kemi were widely picked for relegation. And I remember right before the season was starting, we were having a couple arguments about whether EFK uh, Maryham would be having some issues uh, fighting against relegation too. Um, so these teams by all rights, shouldn't be at the top of the table, but all three of them are are there for relatively the same reasons, and that's extremely solid defense and the ability to pull goals late in games. So almost all of the games that these teams are winning, they're winning 1-0, or if they you know score a goal and give up a goal, they'll score another goal in the 89th minute, I believe, in... Kemi's last game, they won uh, after having a player sent off and they scored down a man in the 88th minute. That's just how this whole season's going for them. EF Co. Uh, Maryham have only given up, let's see, I had it pulled up here. They've only given up eight goals this season in 14 games. They've only scored 14 goals in 14 games, but they've only given up eight. And that comes down to their defense is playing fantastic. And uh, Walter Vitala, their uh, goalkeeper, who I have to throw in there, is great for interviews. I've interviewed him several times. Really nice guy. <laughs> but uh, he he has just played out of his mind this season. Yeah, he was actually Vekos Liga player of the season for April. And you know how hard it is for a goalkeeper to be player of the month for the entire league. But that's just mm-hmm. EF Comeriham, Ilves, Kami. They've all been winning games 1 0, 1 0, 1 0. And so they're finding themselves at the top of the table. I don't know how long they can keep that up for, but I mean, this is kind of reminiscent of Leicester at the end of the Premier League season, pulling out games 1 0 successively, one after another after another. So who knows? Maybe we'll have our own Leicester in the Vekos Liga this season. <laughs> and even if even if it's if it's not as extreme as that, they're giving themselves a very good chance of securing safety well before the end of the season. Which for oh, them, for sure. I, right now, uh, they're all three of them are up uh, by more than ten points on the relegation spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. Ilves and Kemi are about ten points above the relegation spots, but. I mean, a third of the way through the season, 10 points is, is fairly significant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially in the Vecos Liga, where you don't ever have teams that are so far below um, the teams that are right behind them. Ten points is a pretty sizable cushion, um, which kind of swings me into the next topic, which is HFCO, which is bottom of the table. They've lost their last six games. They have, I think, only scored one or maybe two goals in those six games. Um, things things have been going really bad for Yefko. At the beginning of the season, Yuho Makala was was scoring uh, pretty freely, actually. Um, I believe he's still tied for second in the league in, in goals. But, yeah, he's got five. Yeah, but they were all, you know, all typical striker's goals, just poaching in front of the net, rebounds, crosses coming in, which is exactly what Hefko needed because they're, they're strong defensively. But the goals recently have dried up, and they're still only giving up one goal a game, but they're just not scoring any. It's similar to Eko. They've not, so for for Heathkey, they, they've not found a way to put Pekas Ivola and Juho uh, Makila next to each other mm-hmm. uh, and win a game. So the so the big kind of the big theory was was that if you had Sivola who scored, I think he got about ten or eleven goals last year, I think and uh, yeah, Makila who got sixteen. If you put those two as your kind of strike force, even though they're both, I think, 32, 33, they'd play off each other and work well and, and win. But I think when they've played together, two things happened. So the first thing is that they started to essentially take each other's space. So they wanted the same ball, the same knockdown, um, and, and ended up running into each other a lot. And then secondly, neither one of them works. Okay, work, hard work is something about. So neither one of them tracks back. Or, or pitches in or runs a great deal. They're not they're not ninety minute leg players. They're kind of traditional strikers and poachers. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's, it's a really tricky one because if they can make if they can find a way for those two blokes to play up front, they'll score goals freely and they'll win games. But I don't think they can do so without. Hey, pikkuhukkaja. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that that's just joined the Finnish football show? Hello. Who's with you, Kimmy? Hello. That's Kimmy. That's Kimmy. Hey, Kimmy. All right, Kimmy. Hey, Kimmy. Hello. Hello. No, no. No, no. No, Tell him, tell him, get out, get out now. Get out now. <laughs> what? There's, there's, nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing but pain ahead. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but no, but for uh, yeah, but for Hifke, I think it's if they can find a way to get Sivola and Makila working with each other up front, uh, they'll be all right. But if they can't, they're in trouble. Yeah, and I'm right now they're at the bottom of the table by some margin. I believe it's four points below all of the other teams. Yeah, and. Uh, it, the the big problem is goals. If they can get goals, they'll they'll find safety. And I was projecting them to be a, a mid table team, uh, but I was banking on them finding those goals. And they just in the last seven, eight, nine fixtures, I, they've scored probably five goals or so. It, it just it's mm-hmm. been really really stagnant offensively for them. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's true, but I, it's like I said. It's. It's. I think we're like, 
we all sort of understand the, the general theory. If those two guys can score the goals that they've scored before, they'll be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure in, in the predictions, I had them as like a dark horse for the title, <laughs> which, which shows how much I know. <laughs> well, I mean, all, all of us had Ilves and Kemi for relegation in those predictions. So it shows how much mm-hmm. all of us know. <laughs> So, think, yeah, but you can't. Yarko Visto, I mean, no, sorry. Go ahead. You were talking about Ilves, and um, like they're, they're doing fantastically well, but do, how much of that do you think is down to um, Hillander in, in goal? You know, like if you've got your stats, I don't know if you've got your stats there, but what's, how, how, many, how many clean sheets are they making these days? Because. I, is it Mika? Is his name Mika? Mika Hillander? Yeah, Mika Hillander. Yeah. yeah, he's playing so, um, extremely well. I mean, you know, it, there's. Did he 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 got, he got a nod for the national team? Didn't he made it made it to the bench of the he, national team? Or is, he did. He, he went to he went to uh, Abu Dhabi in the last yeah, round. Yeah, there we uh, go. And he, I, to answer your question, is four? He's, he's got four four clean sheets out of the last four games. There I'm pretty go. sure. It's he's yeah he's he's phenomenal. So. Their 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 quiet climb up the table is in no small part to to him, you know. Well, and also mm. uh, Pendang up top at striker, they haven't scored many goals. But whether it's a penalty or a rebound, or he's always the man on the end of those goals. He's got to have sixty percent of the team's goals this season. Mm. Um, and I mean that that alone is keeping them up in contention for European places right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, the, I mean, the, the other thing is, it's pretty early in the season, and a lot of the first third of the season generally goes to to surprises. Yeah, I. I the problem with Ilves, Ilves, is, and Mar, and the same with the, with Mar, IFK Hammer is that, is that they're both incredibly solid defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't have that many goals in them. You know what I mean? They're not like they're not free scoring, and, and eventually, t- like eventually, I think so. Yanni Utluski is the is the centre back for EFK Marienham, and he's he's a phenomenal defender. He played, I think, maybe three games for Finland. He he spent most of his career playing in in Sweden. Um, but as the season gets older, uh, sorry, as the season gets uh, it, like. As the season goes on, he, he's going to find it tougher and tougher because that's what happens when you get to our age. When you get old, yeah. <laughs> when you get old. yeah. Because, but it's just the way. It's, and, and I mean, yeah. he's, he's fabulous, and, and their their defense is brilliant. But you you've got to keep scoring goals, and I think I can only see Hoyiko doing that from now now on out. I mean, actually, one point is that with the new stadium and a boost, and maybe putting Lossa behind them and all that stuff. Asikor, they've got a game in hand and are, I think, only 10, 11 points off the top. That's three, it. It's going to happen three, for them, isn't it? Three games. Just... Four, we're, we're a third of the way through the season. There's, there's a hell of a long way to go. Yeah. yeah. Start, starting with the game against, against Hoyikor on Saturday at the new stadium. So hopefully six yeah, that's where it, all, where it all starts. Six-pointer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it already it could be it's a six pointer. It makes a big it make a big difference, I think. Um, and then I think in just three weeks' time we start looking at the first Champions League 
game. Let's hope it's not the first Tasty. and only Champions League game. Fingers uh, crossed. Uh, it's going to be something special. So Make, right. make plenty say. of noise and you'll get them through. Mm. Yeah, well, that's what we that, uh, that's what we tend, uh, intend to do. And I'm sure that Larry has a few things up his sleeve for Saturday. Mm. But we talked about whether there was going to be a march to the stadium on Saturday, on Saturday. But there are a few other big events going on, including this um, Karyalized Kevat Yula, like okay. a festival celebrating the migration of people from Karelia in the east through the rest of Finland. And there's a big thing going on there at the... Arena in Seinejoki, which is between town centre and the new stadium. So maybe marching down there might not be the best idea. So we'll have to find some way of just making the noise inside the stadium this week. That's why um, that's part of the reason I'm so disappointed with um, with Hifke this year. You know, the, the last thing I want is for Stadin King it to, to fall back down and have to travel around the Ukkanen grounds again. You know, it's been fantastic to see the atmosphere that those guys create in, in Vegas. Yeah. Year. It's true. Very true. Brilliant fans. Bit crazy, but that's what you need. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, uh, uh, they, they, they didn't like the late winner that Asiko got against them uh, a few <laughs> weeks ago. And one of, them, one of them, one of them, one or two of them thought they would try and make their way around the pitch and started running round. But not only, not only was there the athletics track, but there was a fence around the outside and he was running on this grass bank around the outside of the pitch and then came to a stop when he got to the VIP bar at Keskus Center and realized he couldn't get any further. But it, it was kind of, I, I just had the Benny Hill music playing in my mind as he, as I saw the, these guys running around the end of the, end of the ground. Yeah. They certainly put that a spectacle. Yeah. No, they're good. They're good. They're good. Good noise. Support their team well. But that was just unfortunate end to the game. Yeah. Um, we've lost Huck. We've lost Huck. I didn't kick him off. He dropped, he dropped off. Uh, and I, I reckon, but I reckon that may be, maybe not a bad time to stop. We've been going an hour. Yep. So much, so much for so much for keeping a keeping a lid on it. But we'll still catch some of the first half. Let's let me just remind everyone listening now on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Harold's saying, Henry, where are you? He's gone, Harold, and we're and we're all going to go now. Hey, maybe we should all just take a moment to thank Harold for being the only person Indeed. that managed to join us thank you. today. So thanks, thanks a lot for being there and for for asking us a few questions to keep things going along. Just to remind everyone that's listening of. All of our sites. So, um, Mark, you've got FC Suomi, and you had some reports on the recent um, international games. They're the most recent things I think that you've had on the on the site there. Yep. Rich uh, Escape to Suomi is on paternity leave, not only from the Finnish football show, but also from his own blog, um, and can be found on Twitter at Escape to Suomi. Uh, mostly sharing pictures of him cuddling his baby Lumi. So good, good luck. Keep in, keep keep it going, Rich. I'm Rich, and uh, we want you back. This it's not a bad substitute, but it not not got quite as much to say for itself. Yeah. Um, I, on, on the Explore Finland radio show, I've got a few um, repeats going out at the moment, and uh, kind of summer themed repeats. But I'm also trying to get out and uh, and record a couple of new things as well. I'm going to be doing something, going to be doing a visit a visit to the uh, Oma Asper Stadion in Seinioki. And I'm also, also going to record something about this Cardiolized um, Kevat Yula. So you'll, um, you'll all see that. Look forward um, to it. 
soon enough. Yeah, hope, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, those new ones will be up, be up, and maybe there'll be some 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 of the old ones that you've missed, and and that'll be interesting. Um, Keke, tell tell everyone where they can find you online. Where where do you want to direct people to? Okay, so yeah, um, most of my uh, Finnish football chat comes through on Twitter, so at Keke Mulleri. And um, yeah, you can you can read my various blog posts at uh, WordPress. If you go to WordPress and search for Keke Mulleri, then you can find my old blog posts. There's um, there's a couple on there. I need to uh, I need to put something together for my um, Italy trip. But um, yeah, I think I say, you should just transcribe transcribe what you said earlier and write that because that was that was beautiful. Yeah. So um, um, yeah, you can find me there. And Henry, um, people can find you on Twitter at Huck1995. Yeah, uh, at Huck1995, H-U-C-K. I post, well, now that there's not quite so much, or that the Euros are going on, I'm posting quite a bit about that. But normally it's mostly Finnish football that I post about down there. And, and, and of course, we also, on Facebook, we have the Finnish Football Show Facebook page. Um, it is a, it's a closed group, but we kind of let anyone in. All you have to do is ask. So if anyone listening wants to join us, we just share a few stories, have a few chats, uh, occasionally some interesting things come along that people want to talk about but probably shouldn't. Um, so <laughs> so if, you're, if you're interested in, in some of that stuff, then um, come and find us and, and ask. We'll, we'll let you in. No, no problem there. Um, the podcast of this will follow in a few days. My, the next couple of days for me are fairly quiet, so I'll try, so I'll try and get my finger out and get, the, get that all edited and uploaded. Um, and you'll also find the video of this on YouTube, the, the channel for Explore Finland radio, radio show, but it all, all goes up in the same place. So finally, Keke, Henry, thanks for joining us. Next time, you may be here again, or it may be Rich. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Mark, co-host, as ever, thanks a lot. High five. And that's it. Well let's, done, guys. Let's go, to the, let's go to the traditional theme music, and we'll say goodbye.